everybody now wants to talk to him. All the very people who said he was a, a clown, that he was a joker, that he would not be anything. All of them now have eaten crap. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. Putin is not an enemy of America. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think he, he can is do either. business with yeah. Russia can do business with America yeah. to the advantage of both sides, economically, militarily, and politically. You know, I got to tell you something. You talk about Russia a minute. Hold on there a moment. I, it's going to be really fascinating, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Uh, you know, and I know you are too. We, you and I are going to have some fun with that. But when when uh, when the the, the uh, when the summit happens with uh, Vladimir Putin and uh, Donald Trump. It's going to be a very fascinating uh, summit, actually. And it will be the first time in a lot of years we're going to see our president be able to stand in the same room and look like an equal with Vladimir Putin. Because quite frankly, if you look at the tapes and you look at the videos over the past many years, Obama has been outshined and outpaced and outstripped on every angle and every corner from Vladimir Putin. I mean, he's outclassed, outsmarted, out everything. And you can see when you look at their body language and you look in a room when they're meeting, you remember looking at that a couple years back. Of course, they haven't met in a while. You remember, IQ, how uncomfortable Obama looked, huh? Of course. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. I want Americans to understand this. Putin is a chess player. Obama is a golf player. It's not a contest. Talk. Just talk. Because that's what we do here, friends. Malcolm Out Loud Talk. Welcome to the show. Well, I think without question, it was a historical election beyond what any of us could really understand, comprehend, or or really, at the end of the day, believe. You know, it's, it's a one-in-a-lifetime, guys. One-in-a-lifetime election that happened. You know, I, I did a show um, a few days back last week uh, called uh, uh, An American Revolution uh, with No Shots Fired. So I compared this to An American Revolution because it was... Was. But it was a peaceful revolution, thank God. And we've seen the people arise, we've seen the masses take charge, and we see the result of what we have in the electorate, my friends. You now have a Republican president in uh, Donald Trump. Uh, President Trump, you have a uh, Republican uh, uh, Congress, both the House and the Senate. You have 30 some odd, I think it's 34, 36 uh, governorships around the country that are Republican. You have state, local that are turned. It's all sort of shifted. And now we have a moment of truth for the entire political arena as the Democrats reevaluate themselves. But a lot of this is the policies of the Barack Obama administration in the past eight years. That's really what this comes down to, friends. I mean, like it or leave it, it's the truth. And but I say that as one quick caveat. And a little bit of the, I also want to say this, though, uh, uh, not just that administration, the administration before that, the George W. Bush administration. And I say that because if you listen to the show I just did with world economist Harry Dent, as he spells out, 
this wasn't just the last eight years. I mean, they, they were pretty bad. I mean, <laughs> we've doubled our debt. We're going to be over $20 trillion when he leaves office. We, we, we've lost our respect around the world. A lot of things have gone wrong. But a lot of this started actually on the Republican watch with George W. Bush, quite frankly, uh, because of the, uh, the, the deficits, the spiraling, the attitude, uh, the foreign affairs, things that have happened. So let, let's be clear. This is, a, this is against the entire political establishment. Let me, let me make sure I say that up front here. This isn't just against one party. This, they, they took a guy and they picked him out of a, a crowd of business people and said, okay, you're our man. <laughs> and you got it. Well, there's one guy who, who kind of knew this was going to happen. I know he's not a fortune teller, and I know he doesn't like, uh, he's not one of these uh, witch doctors or anything, but he is pretty smart and brilliant, and that is IQ Al Rizzoli. <laughs> he is with us today, and uh, he predicted this. Here's what we said. If you listen to the last show we did before the election, we said, well, he, he gave you his opinion. He told you what he thought was going to happen. And we said we would talk after the election. We would either have a bottle of champagne or a crying towel. And, of course, IQ laughed. He said, don't you worry, Malcolm. We're going to have the champagne. So he was pretty confident with everything and all the polls that were saying something different. So let's, let's talk, IQ, about that. Why were you so confident, brother? I want to start here because it's important to know you've seen something that a lot of other people didn't see because you predicted this. Tell me why that was. I was listening to the men and women in the street. I was receiving emails from people from America, from people from Europe, the men and women in the street, not the elite. And all of them resonated exactly with what Trump was saying. What did he say? I mean, every single item that Trump said was music to my ears. And I'm not an American. What did he say? He said, we need to secure the borders. Ladies and gentlemen, this is so primal, I don't even have to explain it to you. Mm -hmm. Any country which does not have a border is not a country. It's like a human being without the skin. You're dead. But anybody can invade you. Anybody can go in. Number one, illegal immigrants. Why are they called illegal? Because they are illegal. Millions of other people are waiting in line all over the world, spending thousands of dollars waiting for them to be checked before they are allowed to come to America. And you have somebody crosses the border and comes in. Not acceptable. I agree with him. Illegals. Muslims. Who are Muslims? I know. 99% of the people who listen to me, and I'm saying 99% of people who are not even Muslim, cannot believe what I tell them about Islam. Why? Because they cannot believe what they were told, that, that Islam is a religion, that Islam is a religion of peace, and yet it is so vile when I tell it to you. But it is vile. Islam is not a religion. Islam is a cult belief system, the cult of Muhammad. Why do I say that? The Muslims tell you in the Quran that Allah is the same as the God of the Bible. In less than 10 minutes, I can prove that Allah is most certainly not the same as the God of the Bible. That Allah is not the same as the God of Jesus, Moses, and Abraham. And they have $200,000 to say that there is no human being on planet Earth and no intelligent life outside the solar system who can debate with the subject and wings. What more can I tell you? Yeah. Well, Since Allah is not God, yeah. then Quran is not a holy book. 
Well, you know, you, you, in all fairness to everybody out there that, you know, that are listening here, that, you know, you, you taught me a lot of this stuff over the last many years. Uh, and I've, I've listened to you. We've, we've discussed, we've debated back and forth. But I'll tell you, I had a woman on the other day, IQ. Uh, she's an attorney, a legal, uh, a legal analyst, and um, she's an expert in uh, Middle East affairs and um, in uh, Islam and uh, the Muslim and uh, the, the whole bit, the whole parade. She's just a smart, smart woman. Woman. Jennifer Breeden is her name, Jennifer Breeden. And we just did a show here. We just recorded it uh, in the last uh, day or so, I believe. Uh, my days are running together sometimes, you know. <laughs> and um, she, that show uh, will be on our talk radio network in the next day or so. And I'm going to send you the link. I want you to listen to it. She comes from a different perspective. And I had no idea what she was going to say on the radio. But I want to tell you this. She backed up everything you've said to me and that you've told our audience over time now. She backed it up tenfold, what you've said, and totally agrees with you. And, and this is a very compassionate woman who understands the refugee problem and what has happened. But she also understands that our way of life is at risk here. Correct, 100%. Islam is incompatible with any other belief system. Islam is the singularity. It is outside the norm. They don't get on Muslims. Take Muslims. All over the world there are Muslims. Muslims don't get on with Jews. They don't get on with Muslims of different sect. They don't get on with Hindus, with Buddhists, with Christians, with atheists. Right. They don't get on with anybody. Why? Because the Quran says to them, that you Muslims are the best human beings on planet Earth because you believe in Allah and Muhammad. That's it. It's that simple. You know, the reason this is so important, everyone needs to understand here, is because this is our safety, our security. It's our way of life that we're talking about. Now, when IQ, when you talk about the borders and you say, how important is this? It's it's so primal. It's 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 like primary school 101 is what you're saying. I mean, the, the basic primary school thing is you have to protect yourself from the bullies and the evil people. You can't let them have their way with you. Now, when you have open borders like this and you have an open society, which is really what Hillary Clinton wanted and what many of the leftists sort of like, I, I, and I really, I really have a hard time understanding why they want that, other than they want these people for votes or something. I, I don't know. It's, it's really crazy. The danger they put us in here in America is, is, is unbelievable, and it's unconscionable that a uh, politician and somebody that, you know, we've elected to office would have the right to be that way and think that way. But, you know, you bring it back, IQ, to Europe uh, a minute here. And let's let's remind people you're talking about law and order. You're talking about just the rule of law. And when you don't have a civilized society and you don't have protected borders and things of that nature, well, then you have some real problems, obviously. And really, in essence, uh, what's happened here in Europe and the decline of what we've talked about in Europe is because they have open borders. Everything changed with the European Union. How much of a factor, IQ, explain to folks, how much of a factor has that specific uh, point that we are talking about right now, that the borders have now all gone away in Europe, which obviously was part of the big push with Brexit and, and the United Kingdom, but, I mean, isn't that the prime reason why there's been so much chaos and terrorism on the rise and what have you in Europe? 
of course, but as you said, it's primary, no, it's, in fact, it's kindergarten mm-hmm. thinking. They imported people who were undocumented by the hundreds of thousands and then turned out into an invasion of a million point three million, 1.3 million people. Undocumented. 85% of them are males of military age between the age of 17 to 45. Where are the women? Why didn't they stay in their own countries and defend their women? No, they came to Europe. They are invaders, ladies and gentlemen. And those who are crossing your borders from Mexico, they are invaders. They will destroy you because they will never assimilate with you. They will never integrate with you because you are called infidels in Islam. Anybody who is not a Muslim is called a kafir, infidel. And the infidels have got two choices, literally two. Either you submit to Sharia, that means you convert to Islam, or obey Sharia law, or be exterminated. You have no other choice. There is no other choice. So what happened? They got all those millions of people, and they had chaos. Now they have borders again. Everybody in Europe now is having borders. They put the borders back. They're putting the borders uh, back, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hungary has got borders. Poland has got borders. They are all having borders now. Because you cannot run a state if you don't know who is in the state. Right, right. I mean, you're, you're getting the bad cast of characters out there. And a lot of these, uh, this whole refugee problem is the bad guys were mixing in with the refugees and they were coming into all these countries. It's the same thing here in this country here. And you've got to remember, folks, uh, the Obama administration has uh, already bought in 10,000 refugees here in the States. And there's speculation that there's some problems with that group because we could not properly vet them. And of course, Hillary Clinton was talking about bringing in another six. 60,000 IQ. No, 500,000. She said 500%. That's 500,000. Yeah, I didn't hear that. I heard that yes. it was six, sixfold of what Obama no, no, had. No, believe me. Obama didn't get 10,000 only. 10,000 was only in Minnesota. They were uh, oh. Somalis. No, I you see. have a huge number now. Over 70,000 were imported. Yeah. And a lot of this is really the master plan of, you know, if you look again at the the, the Quran and you look at this whole thing, it's about how they want to take over the world and how you take over the world is you do exactly things like this in in, in any event. So here's what I want to know as we kind of turn the page here a moment here. Um, Tell me, IQ, what is the general feeling and opinion in uh, Europe about Trump. Now, as you read the newspaper and as you watch the television and the media out there, what's the general feeling and sense? Are people scared? Are they happy? What's the attitude? Okay. Dear Americans, I don't need to repeat it to you again, but I am going to. If you keep listening to your news media, you'll be as dumb as the news media (laughs) because your your news media have been deceiving you for the last 60 years. The news media in Europe do exactly the same. They are all leftists. They are all inter-globalists. They are all for multiculturalism. But I'll tell you what, every single opposition party in Europe celebrated, completely celebrated and congratulated Donald Trump and the American people for electing him. Wow. I'll tell you what's going to happen. In the year 2017, next year, while Donald Trump hopefully will become the president, many European countries have got elections. And Donald Trump 
has given backbone to all of the opposition parties all over Europe. And wow. God willing, I'm not, I'm going to predict something. God willing, if enough Europeans learn from the American people, Mm-hmm. They will overthrow every single government that they have. I'm not well, you know, about it's funny you say that because you predicted that to me actually way before this. Uh, I think, uh, well, somewhere about a, even almost a year ago, you were saying exactly this. You know that? Yeah, yeah. I remember. I yeah. remember. So, but I was expecting the Europeans to wake up. Right. But it takes a long time. It, but not only a long time. What happened in America was unique because without Donald Trump, this could never have happened. Right, right. right. There's no question. There was no other man in the whole of United States of 320, 330 million people. There wasn't another human being who was willing, willing and able to stand up. Good God. He stood alone. The media against him. Right. Many of the Republican Party against Everybody him. Everybody was against him. The lawyers against him. Everybody. The Muslims against him. Yeah, yeah. Many Christians were against him. Many Jews were against him. Everybody was against him. Right. But he stood and didn't waver. Who wasn't against him? The well, people who had more than two brain cells of logic. The American people stepped up. Thank you. The those American who people, were yeah. really patriotic. Yeah. Those who understood well, that without a man like him, right. America is finished. Well, they understood we have to take our country back. It's getting out of control uh, in many, many ways, IQ. IQ, you said a moment ago uh, that uh, you you said something about with President um, Trump, uh, with President-elect Trump taking office in January, you just said hopefully he will become the president. What did you mean by that? They want to kill him. By the way, there was a man, a CEO, a white guy of an American company yeah. who put on Twitter or something, Facebook, that he wants to kill him. I want to understand something which is bothering me. I would have thought the FBI would go and find this guy. They know who he is, by the way. He's not an unknown quantity. They know who he is. He threatened an elected yeah, but President they're doing that. Be. The last report I know is that they, they are in control of that situation. So they, they, they do have I, to... I don't like the word in control. I want him crucified yeah. with all due respect. Well, but listen, you can't you can't totally crucify him. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, you know, some people say stupid things. He didn't act on it. He just said it. But that's a charge. It's 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 a... Um, no, he wasn't, he wasn't kidding. Honestly, he wasn't well, kidding. Well, he's read, not the only one. I read one. all of it. He wasn't kidding. Yeah, yeah. This is a dangerous part. I know. Later on to say, I was kidding. Forget it. Right. right. He wasn't kidding. Well, and he's not the only one. There are other people. No. So, no, so no, no, no. You, you have a feeling. You, you have a... Let me ask you this now. I want to talk about this a moment with you. you you're saying to me, forget that guy a moment. Let's talk in general. I, I think you're saying to me, you have a little bit of a bad feeling that his life is in danger and something might happen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're not the I'm first not, one to no, say I'm not, that I'm, to me. I'm not wishing it to happen, but I'm no. worried about it. Yeah, you're not because the first one to say is against him. I understand. And the news, by the way, the news media from the left are not saying anything. Right. They're not condemning the people who are inciting. They're not doing anything about that. They haven't learned anything. By the way, the news media, all of them, have not learned anything from the debacle that they suffered, from the catastrophic uh, loss that they suffered. They haven't learned anything. Right, right. 
No, no, I know. The, the, the odd thing about it is I think many people are concerned now for his life. You're not the only one to say that to me. I've had I've had some really smart guests in the last few days who have actually indicated the same thing that you just did. Now, keep in mind, they were trying to be real careful with their words because we're talking about a very sensitive topic here. Anytime we talk about an assassination of that sort or whatever, uh, it's a very delicate conversation, and we have to be very careful with our words. Right, IQ? Yes, yeah. but that doesn't mean I should keep my mouth shut. No, I, I, I would never expect you to do that, buddy. <laughs> so, but, but I am hearing that in a lot of places. So I think we are aware that that his 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 um, his, his life is is uh, got to be really carefully watched now and planned. In fact. In New York at Trump Tower, where they're, he's running all the uh, picking out his cabinet and doing all of that, uh, security is, of course, very high off the charts. They now have a, um, a air traffic a zone around the Trump Tower. That, But, you know, to me, the sooner he can get out of New York and get out of that area, and the back better. In, I think the better off he's going to be. You know what I mean? Definitely. I, definitely. I think no it's very dangerous. Them. Yeah. I agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah, it will be much better. And, it, but and, I'll it's, tell you and, what. It's, and it's clogging Sorry. up the roads and everything else there, IQ. So it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. No. But what I'll tell you what happened. I mean, you, no, sorry, I'm not telling you what happened. Look at what happened. They expected a catastrophe for the dollar. The dollar is highest in 14 years. Did you know that? Go and check it down. The dollar against foreign currencies is the highest than it was in 14 years. Right. But that's amazing, isn't it? When everybody was telling you it's going to be a catastrophe. House prices have now, no, houses have gone up uh, in sales. I'm not giving you these figures. I'm reading them from your own people. I know, but listen, are you saying to me, do, do you think that, I, I know what you're saying, but since the election, the economy, the stock market, all of that, are you thinking that it's going to be good these next few years with the economy and all? Malcolm, I never use I think. I know. I have never, never in my life, and that's not a brag, I never say I think, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, or in my opinion. Yeah. Either I know or I keep my mouth shut. Well, I know. Then I'll tell you what. Um, I just had uh, the, uh, a, a, a very smart economist on who is uh, really uh, has uh, predicted uh, many, many things that are going on I- with our uh, I- economy over decades now. Economist Harry Dent, uh, who uh, just on the show, this show will be um, uh, out on our network uh, in just a day or so. People can hear it. And he, he's well heard. He's well listened to. But I got to tell you what. He's been predicting me. You know what he said to me a month ago before the election? He said to me, looking at everything, he looks at cycles, he looks at history, he sees where we're at. No matter who gets elected, whether it was Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, it's not going to change the fact that our economy is going to create a depression-type atmosphere. We're going to have a trouble in the economy. And he said it didn't matter who got in the office. Things were so bad. The debts were so bad. The spending was out of control so bad. The ignorance out of Washington is so bad. 
that the fact that they've kept borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, that there is no more and there has to be a price to pay and that these cycles, at some point, the bill becomes due. He says the bill is going to be due now. And the say, his new book, The Sale of a Lifetime, is incredible. And I just read his book in the last few days. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty incredible. And you've got to hear this show. He predicts an awful lot of things in here, my friend. And he says that Donald Trump was a better, uh, will, will be better for the country. And he never said that before the election. He would never predict for me. He tries to stay out of the political part of it specifically. He's an economist. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he did now come out in this interview I just had with him, very unprecedented. And he told me for the first time that he felt that, yes, Trump was definitely better economically for the uh, crash in the fall we're going to have. But he predicts whatever president got in next was only going to be a one term president unless by chance they did everything right. And somehow, uh, you know, but we're still going to have to pay a price and we're still going to falter. And we're still going to have challenges in this next couple of years. He said they're going to be tough years. He's uh, 2017, 2018, and into 2019. Going to be difficult years. So I'm seeing that from a lot of experts who believe that, IQ. So they're not predicting a rosy path ahead. I hope I'm right and they're all wrong. Well, So far, believe me, Malcolm, you should know by now. Everything I predicted about the Arab Spring about Islam, right. every single item. And it's not a brag. It's all recorded. It's all on you the are. internet. You have been. Now, I'm going to give you that. But but I'm also going to say something here, one caveat. Now, and I believe you. I, I understand you're faithful and truthful man. And But I'm going to say one caveat back to you, brother. You're not an economist. That's the beauty of it. Because <laughs> I'm not an economist. That's why Trump was good. Because he's not a politician. You see, some, I was first time I was introduced on one of the talk shows. They said, IQ is expert on Islam. Right. Immediately, I told the gentleman, do not ever call me expert. I have no respect for expert. You can call me knowledgeable, but never an expert. Okay. All right. Well, let me, I got to look at my talking points here and see. Hold on now. I got to see here. Let me, let me introduce you again here. Hold on some folks. So, folks, we're already talking IQ, but let, let me, since he just said that. So, IQ al-Razuli, the Iraqi-born Arabic speaker, is among the foremost authorities. See, we didn't say expert there, so it's okay. The foremost authorities in the world on the subject of Islam and all related issues. And then after that, I put, I never say this on radio, but after that I have a comma and I say, he is a real smart guy, like a smartass. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Malcolm, for your kind introduction. Please. Please permit me, I'll tell you what, seriously now, please permit me to address our audience with some very important ideas and warnings that I have thought during the last week. I'll give you the floor. I'll give you the floor. Go ahead. Okay. Question. How many of you Americans have noticed the following remarkable numerical coincidence? 9-11 was a disaster for the United States of America. And since that date, the, the USA has been down, going downhill with utterly clueless leaders who have not been able to connect the crystal clear dots leading to the source of all acts of terror against so-called infidel kuffar all over the globe. Ladies and gentlemen, the source of this terror is Islamic Sharia based 
on Muhammad's Quran and Sunnah. These are important words because Sharia is the nemesis of everything we believe in. It is as if by divine providence, ladies and gentlemen, that on 11-9, that is on the 9th of November, the reverse of 9-11, the 9th of September, we, the people of the United States of America, elected Donald J. Trump to be the 45th president of the republic. I mentioned divine providence because the odds that Trump would have succeeded were 130 to 1 against. And yet Donald J. Trump was able to awaken and energize millions of otherwise apathetic Americans to hopefully first stem and then reverse the downward spiral to self-destruction in the last eight years under Obama. Hence, 11-9 is the triumph of Trump's will and perseverance against all odds. 11-9 is the rising of the American Phoenix after the downfall of 9-11. No other American could have done this. None that was even a figment of anybody's imagination. Back to you, sir. Well, what it is, is we're talking here about a 180. So what I mean by this 180 is that, you know, when Obama... Uh, rose to power in 2007 and 8 and took office, he disengaged from the world and took America into a place, quite frankly, we hadn't been before. Certainly, it hadn't been there before in my lifetime. And we've seen all of this happen. And, and this was after, again, the administration before that, which I was not a fan of, the George W. Bush administration. I I just, you know, again, I think he set the playing field up for everything that was wrong with our country that allowed a Barack Obama to rise to power. You understand? And I think that's what happened is you had really the last couple of decades. You go back 16, 20 years and look at failed American leadership. Quite frankly, if I'm going to be so bold to say to you all this... I haven't been happy with a political leader in this country since the days of Ronald Reagan. You have to go all the way back to then to find somebody. I mean, you can take both Bushes and you can take Clinton and you can take Obama. And I think they've all been very not they've not been good for the republic. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, what's going to be key here, IQ, is I tell you right now, the first step in all of this is going to be the first 100 days. It is so right. important he gets out of right. the gate and gets right. those first 100 days down. What does give me a lot of hope is the fact that he's looking for leaders outside of the political realm to bring in in a lot of areas that are new to government, that really are not governmental kind of people, which really, folks, would be a real shot in the arm. Because, you know, once these people are up in Washington, D.C. for too long, they start breathing the, the air up there. Once you breathe the air up there, you become as corrupt as the rest of the program up there. It's, it's all power. And so the fact that he's going to bring in all of these um, unique uh, uh, people, personalities with diverse skill sets. I think that's going to make for a very healthy administration and cabinet uh, IQ that will really um, 
be something so different we haven't seen before. In fact, quite frankly, one of the rules he already put in place this week is mind-blowing. It's got everybody talking. And that is that if you're going to be in his administration, in his cabinet, and in his administration, you cannot be a lobbyist for five years. That we have never seen happen. That, as he said, is the start to draining the swamp. You know that? Well, there's a lot of great talent in the world, and that's why we have that right up top of America Out Loud. Let the silent voices be heard. And we're actually doing that back at America Out Loud Talk Radio. You'll find a whole great lineup of shows there. Check us out, AmericaOutloud.com. We podcast all the shows there. You'll, you'll find this show right there and many others. Or you'll find us also streaming now. We are on our own talk radio network. You'll find us on places like TuneIn. AHA Radio, Radio God FM, iTunes Radio, and a whole lot more. Well, listen, I want to talk to you about being organized in your life. I know it's important for all of us. I want to introduce you to Closets by Design. You know, this is just a great company. It's a national firm. They're on the West Coast, but you'll find them, a lot of their retail centers throughout the United States. Whether it's a closet, garage, home office, laundry, pantries, just about everything these folks have. Check them out. Closetsbydesign.com. Again, stay tuned. We've got a great show here today. In October, the director Michael Moore, whose irrational and utterly insane hatred of Donald Trump is immense, he explained to his audience what his movie, Trumpland, was all about. He made the most remarkably accurate and incredibly articulated explanation why Donald Trump, against all the predictions of all the polls and of all the experts or so-called experts, he will win with a landslide. Don't forget, I'm telling you, he was talking in October before the election. Right. What he said, he said Donald Trump came to Detroit Economic Club and stood there in front of the Ford Motor executives and said, if you close these factories in America, as you are planning to do in Detroit, and build them in Mexico, I am going to put a 35% tariff on those cars when you send them back and nobody is going to buy them. (laughs) I mean, this is a left-winger who is saying what Donald Trump said. And he continued, he said it was an amazing thing to see. No politician, Republican or Democrat, had ever said anything like that to these executives. That's why I love Donald Trump. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, they're not fighting fire with fire. I mean, you have to fight fire with fire, buddy. You have to step up. And you're right, but that's why the political elite have destroyed all of this. That's an interesting point you bring up there about all the exports and all of that and the trade agreements. That's something that you and I both know are going to um, uh, really be a strong suit for the Trump administration. You know, you really hold out a lot of promise. You've studied this quite a bit, and you really do believe. And I think a lot of people have your have your feelings as well, that there's a real possibility 
that uh, Donald J. Trump could go down as one of the most interesting and successful presidents. Now, listen, I don't want to speak too soon. He hasn't even taken the office yet, the oath of office yet. But the point is, if he follows through and he does the things he's supposed to do, again, I think those first 100 days are going to be key, IQ. If he gets the first 100 days down out of the gate and then gets momentum, you know? You are right, but... You are, with all due respect, you're missing something. What's that? Already, he has already achieved things. Yeah. The European Union wants to talk to him. <laughs> right. Putin wants to talk to him. Everybody now wants to talk to him. All the very people who said he was a, a clown, that he was a joker, that he will not be anything. All of them now have eaten crap. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. Putin is not an enemy of America. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think he, he can is do either. business with yeah. Russia can do business with America yeah. to the advantage of both sides, economically, militarily and politically. You know, I've got to tell you something. You talk about Russia a minute. Hold on there a moment. I, it's going to be really fascinating. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Uh, you know, and I know you are, too. We, you and I are going to have some fun with that. But when when uh, when the, the, the uh, when the summit happens with uh, Vladimir Putin and uh, Donald Trump, it's going to be a very fascinating uh, summit, actually. And it will be the first time in a lot of years we're going to see our president be able to stand in the same room and look like an equal with Vladimir Putin. Because quite frankly, if you look at the tapes and you look at the videos over the past many years, Obama has been outshined and outpaced and outstripped on every angle and every corner from Vladimir Putin. I mean, he's outclassed, outsmarted, out everything. And you can see when you look at their body language and you look in a room when they're meeting, you remember looking at that a couple years back. Of course, they haven't met in a while. You remember, IQ, how uncomfortable Obama looked, huh? Of course. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. I want Americans to understand this. Putin is a chess player. Obama is a golf player. It's not a contest. Yeah, a a golf player he is. Yeah, the other one is a chess player. A chess player is a man who thinks a hundred moves in advance. A golf player doesn't think. Right. Zero. That's why I honestly believe, not believe, sorry, I am sure, Uh, not believe, when Donald Trump goes to meet Putin or Putin comes to meet Donald Trump, the chemistry will be fantastic. Yeah, I think it will be. I think it will be. But I, it will be fantastic. It's not as if somebody, either of them, is trying to diminish the other one. Right, right. I, I agree with be you. Beautiful. I agree with you. It's going to be quite fascinating to see, uh, yeah. quite frankly. But you know, you just said something, and I want to um, tell our audience a moment here that if if you play golf, we we don't mean to be disrespectful and say we don't we don't think you're smart. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, we're not talking. We're talking politically. I know. We are talking politically. Well, you, a man like Putin, he has already outsmarted uh, uh, Obama a million ways. He outsmarted him with China. He outsmarted him with Iran. He outsmarted him with Syria. Well, what else do you need? I mean, what more do you want? That's it. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Take a moment for me. Talk to me a moment. What do you think is going to happen, if anything, in regards to now this new relationship of Putin and and uh, Trump, what what is going to happen in regards to the political fallout of of Eastern Ukraine, of the Ukraine, and of Crimea? What do okay. you think is going to happen there? I'll tell you. As far as I'm concerned, 
based entirely on history. The eastern border of Ukraine belongs to Putin because 56 to 60% is Russian. End of conversation on that one. The Crimea was always part of Russia. It was always part of the Soviet Union. The Crimean War was between Russia, Britain, and the Turkish Empire, the Ottoman Empire. It had nothing to do with Ukraine. It was given to the Ukraine in a drunken mood by Khrushchev, who himself is a Ukrainian. He decided, without consulting with anybody, that he would put Ukraine, uh, sorry, Crimea as part of Ukraine. Right. It doesn't belong to Ukraine. It was Russia. And the Russians have their fleet in there. It's like having uh, somebody, you remember what happened during the Castro and the Bay of Pigs and the, later on they wanted to put rockets in uh, uh, Cuba? Right, right. What did John F. Kennedy do? John Kennedy. He yeah. went to World War Three. He was going to go World War Three. That's right. He was willing to do that. Why? Yeah. Because it's in a back garden. If you put him in back garden, with rockets pointing on only every city of yours, you lost the game. Yeah. So you might as well go to war now than later. Yeah, you just but they back down. The but he made Khrushchev back down. Right. But how did he back yeah. down? Give and take. Khrushchev said, okay, we take them out, but you take the rockets out of Turkey. No problem. They did. I honestly believe when Donald Trump and Putin will meet. Donald Trump is not going to tell him, leave eastern Ukraine or leave the Crimea. He knows uh, Putin will never do that. Right, that's right. So don't right. ask something stupid. Right, right. Don't. They have to agree on Syria. That's very important. They have to agree on ISIS, another important one. They have to agree on energy. Europe and America must divest themselves from Islam. The Muslims control these countries because of oil, because of gas. Israel has gas now in the Mediterranean and it's trillions of cubic meters or something. All right. You're talking what about I'm getting at, you've got to be independent <coughs> uh, with oil and energy. Well, and we're, way, we're doing that now. We're, we're yeah. doing that now. I mean, yeah, but you, you, you need to go ahead. You need to go further. Uh, you don't close the oil. Uh, sorry, the the, what do you call it? the uh, coal fields? Right. But uh, what's her name? Hillary Clinton went to Pennsylvania, right. telling them she would close the coal fields, and call, the coal fields are in Pennsylvania. Exactly. How did she expect them to vote for her? I don't get it. Right, right. Well, she did that throughout that area, actually. Uh, there were quite a few states she kind of lost because of that, <clears throat> which was really kind of dumb. I don't really understand that. But but you're so right. And we need to be a multi-energy uh, 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 nation. And that's so important. Energy is, you know, one of the catalysts behind a lot of wars and a lot of frustration with countries. And let's face it, it's the way countries have controlled other countries through energy. Absolutely. The power of energy is pretty amazing, actually. But there's a lot of talk about energy independency here and not being dependent on the Middle East. And I, I think we're finally at the reality here in America where we not only understand that, but we are at the verge now of being totally independent uh, and, and energy independent and not being um, tied to those lunatics in the Middle East. But when you look at Syria, you just mentioned Syria, and you look at uh, Bashar al-Assad, uh, which, of course, is very much friends with uh, Putin. And then you've got, you know, you've got this whole uh, 
the Syria uh, refugees, of course, and you've got the Syria Free Army, and you've got all that happening. You've got Iran, which is a puppet through that whole area, through Iraq and Syria. So you've got a very, and then you've got the ISIS people to the north, and you've got a very complicated um, political environment there. So how is that going to work out, in your opinion now? It, it, tell us, tell, tell our audience, how, how do you see, well, wh- first of all, what, what happens to Bashar al-Assad? What happens to Syria? there. What happens in that region just ahead? Since, not, since I'm not an expert, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Bashar al-Assad will remain in Syria. Syria, they, they, the Syrians, the Americans, with their surrogates and with the Russians, they will destroy ISIS. They will get rid of them. And Syria has to to be rebuilt. Uh, by the way, rebuilding Syria will create b- businesses worth two hundred billion dollars. Did you know that? No. Two hundred billion dollars will be required to rebuild Syria. Sure, it doesn't surprise me. Okay, so if Russia and America work together, they will have the contracts. Nobody else. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. It's, of course, it's interesting. Yeah. Look. America needs Russia, and Russia needs America. See, that I, that America I totally... America will be able to destroy... Sorry. Buddy, that I totally 100% agree with you, and nobody really gets that point. And I have said that for the longest time now, that Russia is not our enemy. No. And that this is going to be a very unique partnership to be able to create, really, folks, I believe, more peace in the world and uh, more strategic relationships, which IQ is what you're talking about right now. Yes. Look... Russians, you see, I always look at the people and not the elite. The ordinary men, women in Russia love America. They want to imitate everything American. Why? Because they understand what freedom is. They understand what democracy is because they suffer from, they have been suffering for 70, 80, 90 years from dictatorships or authoritarian rule. But at least now under Putin, they have varieties. They have more freedoms. They, ha- they are more stable. Russia is stable now under Putin. And not only stable, it's more Christian than it has ever been in 70 years. Do you absolutely. Know that? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I talk about that and address that with world leaders all the time about Christianity in uh uh, R- R- Russia and the the uh, Orthodox uh, uh, Christianity there and what's happened in, in there is very much there. And Vladimir Putin is a Christian himself. Um, he is so, a born again yeah. Christian, yeah. a born again Russian Orthodox Christian. I said that three years ago. People were laughing at me. Nobody's laughing at well, me. Well, you were right. You were you were absolutely right. Um, so uh, so you and do, do you think this Bashar President Bashar al Assad? Does he stay in office or does he finally go away? No, no. He has to stay. Look, as bad as he was, like as bad as Saddam Hussein was, had Saddam Hussein been staying in Iraq, they wouldn't have had Iran the way it is now. I know, I know. know. Okay. So true. Had we had Gaddafi in Libya, we wouldn't have ISIS. Muammar Gaddafi, yep, yep. Yes. Okay. So ISIS was created single-handedly by Obama and Hillary Clinton and nobody else. Well, this vacuum that they created was unprecedented Uh, uh, in Libya, in all of these countries, in assisting all of these takeovers. The the Arab Spring was a nightmare. I mean, it was a nightmare. It was was a pigment of the imagination of Europeans and the Americans. There cannot be an Arab Spring. They don't. Arabs are Muslims. 
True, they had some Christians. Guess what happened to the Christians? Yeah. They're being exterminated. Does anybody say anything about it? Not a single leader in Europe or America has said anything about it. Well, I talked about that the other day with that Jennifer Breeden interview I told you about. You know what she calls all that? By the way, IQ, what she refers to all of that happening, and she's very passionate about this in her studies, she doesn't even call it specifically terrorism. What she calls a lot of what's happening is a genocide. It is genocide. Exactly. Not terrorism. Good exactly. God. Yeah. Of course, it is genocide. They are picking on Christians. Yeah. The Nazis used to put swastikas or stars of David on Jewish places. Yeah. The Muslims put the letter N in Arabic. N is for Nasrani. Nasrani means Christian. So when you put an N on the uh, on the house of a, uh, a Christian or on his property. Right. Then they are uh, to be destroyed and murdered and raped. That's exactly what happened. In my country, Iraq, ladies and gentlemen, in the year 2003, we had 1.3 million Christians, the oldest Christian community on planet Earth. Today, as I speak to you, less than 170,000 left. And they are leaving. Wow. Wow. Yes. And does the, did, uh, did the Pope say anything? No. No. Any of his cardinals say anything? No. no. Any of the Protestant leaders anything? No. Any of the Presbyterians? No. Any politician? No. Why is the silence? Well, joining me back here is IQ Al Razuli, and you know IQ, he's a contributor on America Out Loud. He's got some of the, the, the greatest writings, you got to go check out his columns, uh, he's a very, very good author. In fact, his uh, tr- trilogy, Lifting the Veil, the, the True Faces of Muhammad and Islam, there's links to that series of books right on America Out Loud, so you can go there and check it out. And also his website is very easy, Al dash razuli.com r-a-s-s-o-o-l-i easy enough to find you and uh, so in recapping your thoughts here now so you, you feel in, in summary you feel pretty good that Europe is going to embrace President Trump uh, obviously the leaders at first were in shock as you say I mean the people were, were good you say but the leaders there was I guess that little bit up front of shock that set in, huh, IQ? Yes, they are in shock because he, they are the same as Obama and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> they are the elitists. They have been elitists for 50, 60 years. They have inherited. I'll tell you something. And this is not just an opinion. When Donald Trump succeeds in implementing as many of his achievements that he wanted to do, I would say he would have saved Western civilization. Because nobody else is going to stand up. Nobody was willing to stand up to Islam. Only him. Nobody. Well, it, you, you, tell me, you give me a single name of a single leader anywhere in Europe. Well, listen, it's, it's, it's funny how you put that out there like that. But you said earlier to me in the show that you thought that this would create sort of a movement throughout Europe with a lot of these. Uh, we're, and, and actually, you predicted this, this to me. Oh, I don't know, somewhere over the last year where you said a lot of these uh, countries, uh, the, the people are going to rise. You've, that's exactly what you said. In fact, you said it was going to happen here in America with Trump and you, you're 100 percent right. But you're saying that in Europe, too. You believe a lot of the, a lot of the peoples are going to rise up and, and take it back. huh? I'll tell you what happened. Uh, Nigel Farage of Brexit. 
who came and complimented uh, Donald Trump. Right. He was one of the people who stood up. Everybody laughed at him at the time. Right. Everybody thought he was a joker. Just like they, they denigrated Trump. And he turned out to be the best, most informed person. And the minute he won, he left politics. Right. He made his point. You see, he wasn't there for political purposes. He was there to change the destiny of Europe. You're speaking of Nigel. Nigel Farage, yes. Yeah, he was here in the States just this past week visiting Donald Trump. You see that? That's the second time he came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right. So he was kind of a, a person in history to kind of change the trajectory of what was happening. But Absolutely. and then he kind of passed it off. That's that's so so uh, so eloquent. So so correct. So obviously Trump was out there when Brexit happened that morning. He was in Europe. I remember it very clearly well. And he said he predicted that he was all over it. He was all over that story. He was all over that change. And yeah. now he compared him. In fact, if you go back to pre-election the night before, he was talking about this being a Brexit-style program in the U.S. And nobody absolutely believed him. True. Nobody believed absolutely. him. Yes, absolutely true. It is Brexit. But American Brexit. Right. It is. Well, you know, we, he has started a movement. There's no question about it. He has enormous respect among people, ordinary people. The elite are garbage anyway. I really, I can't, I, right. can you imagine there were 24 or 25 top level artists and singers and everything. We shall leave America if Donald Trump, well, Donald Trump is president. Leave. Well, I, I actually wanted to start a fund this past week and get him a plane ticket so we can get him the hell out of here. I don't know where to send him, but maybe they'll go to the Middle East. Oh, send, him to, send him to Saudi Arabia. They there like it there. And then, hey, hey, IQ, and then they'll see what women's rights are all about, right? Absolutely. Honestly, one-way ticket. Don't come back. Exactly. Yeah. It, but they changed their mind, all of them. Cowards. And I know. There was a lot of that talk. You're, you're 100% right. And it was a lot of it was very foolish talk. Um, instead of letting our democracy play out and see what the people wanted. But, you know, that's a lot of influence peddling. That's what that is. It's influence peddling. All right. So predict for me in our last couple of moments here. Put your prediction cap on and tell me. So walk me through through uh, what you see happening now in the first, you know, hundred days, uh, in, you know, first six months, what happens in this Trump administration here and around the world? Tell me what happens. If he brings to his cabinet the people who are going to do the job, mm-hmm. they don't have, he must not have say yes people. He must have people who are completely mind independent who will tell him to his face that he is wrong. If he brings the right people, the first 100 years, days, will decide the next eight years. Mm-hmm. The first 100 days. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll predict what's going to happen. They've got to get out of the gate pretty good here. No, no question. That's going to dictate a lot of things, you know? I believe he will, he will unify America. He will make more friends than ever before with, with the outside world. He will make even those who were antagonistic to him and to America friendly to America. Yeah. So it you're excited. A, so, so this is a champagne moment for you, buddy, huh? Hey, listen, when I come to America, if Trump uses me as an advisor, right. believe me, I'll come to America and we'll have a, a champagne for a whole evening. 
Yeah, you come to America, I'll pick you up at the airport, brother. You'll let me know. So uh, <laughs> I let you know. I swear to you, I promise you that. Yeah, I know you were. But you, you again, as I've said many times to our audience, you're one of the most patriotic people, and you're such a friend of this country, and your wealth of knowledge and um, inspiration, really. Very unique. Uh, so good to call you a friend and call you a... Um, uh, uh, just a strong voice, an ally, and we'd, we'd love to have your opinion here at America Out Loud. IQ you, Al Razuli, IQ Al Razuli, author of Lifting the Veil. Again, just go to America Out Loud, friends, and you can see all the uh, content, all the shows I've done with IQ and uh, a lot of his great writings. Uh, he's got a lot to say. And uh, the thing is, he's he always pretty well hits it spot on. And he says the truth. And that's the one thing I like about IQ. You read his writings and you, you get a good sense of what's going on. And, um, and we appreciate having that perspective on the network with IQ Al Rizzoli. 